Art therapy is colorful. Magic is underrated. Empowering. Finding the light in the dark. My name is Jen Seniak, and I'm your host. This is a space for advocacy, growth, and understanding. This is Art Therapy Is. Good morning. Uh, Maybe it's not good morning for you, but for me, I literally just rolled out of bed and was like, I feel really inspired to record a bonus episode. Um... So much has happened since I recorded Grief is a Bitch. And first and foremost, and the reason for this little bonus episode, is that I just want to take a minute and thank every single one of you for listening. That was the scariest episode ever to record, but I was like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> what do I got to lose at this point? Um, And there's a reason for that, but I just first and foremost, need to thank every single one of you for tuning in and for the very, very kind comments that I've received from everyone and the check-ins and the asking, what do you need in this moment? It's just been so beautiful. And I have been so in, so incredibly overwhelmed. And, uh, this is something that I've been processing in, um, a women's circle that I'm a part of is, how overwhelming and uncomfortable it is to be loved. And this has been the best practice of staying open in that uncomfortability and retraining that old narrative of not being deserving into now being, hell yeah, I am deserving of love. I am deserving of kindness. I'm deserving of being loved on and not just the person who's constantly taking care of everyone else. So goodness, it has been so uncomfortable in the best way. I can hear like several of my old professors being like, lean into the uncomfortability. That is where growth happens. Um, We didn't go to glee school, but (laughs) that's how it happened in my head. Yeah. So um, the other part of what I wanted to talk about in this little mini episode was I think the things that really helped accepting the love, because I don't think this is something we talk about enough. Like, honestly, I want you to sit and reflect for a minute. When is the last time someone said, hey, let me know when you need something? And you actually said, oh, OK, I need you to come over and do this, this and this. Or if someone's like, hi, can I get you that? And you're like, no, 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 no. When is the last time you challenged that uncomfortability and took people at face value and just believed them? Believe that they actually wanted to help you? Because that had never really <laughs> happened in my life. It's so funny. I had um, a, um, a really good friend of mine. We're sharing an office together. And she was like, hey, do- what do you need? What do you want? Can I bring you like a tea or coffee? And in my head, I was like, that's so dumb. Like I have coffee here. I have tea here. And I was like, no, you know what? This is a really good practice. She wants to extend love to me. And so this is an opportunity to grow and say, okay, 
I said, you know what? I do need that. And she's like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store like, if you need anything. And I was like, you know what? This is really freaking random. But I need a sweet potato. And she brought me over a bag of sweet potatoes and a cup of tea. Like, people are just exploding with love that they want to give to you. And it is so hard to believe that when we've been really, really hard on ourselves and when we don't even believe that narrative ourselves. But I promise you, when you start to challenge that, the the internalized shame message lenses, I talk about this a lot. Um, there's actually a free worksheet on my website for internalized shame messages. But when you have these old beliefs of like, I'm not worthy, no one loves me, everyone's faking it, they're just doing it to be nice. You start to see the world through that and it's really cloudy and it's really murky. But when we challenge that, even if we believe it and step through it, we take these lenses off and we can actually see the world for what it is. And it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. And it's so funny. Like if um, you kind of believe this kind of stuff, who you are inside is a reflection of the world outside. So if you take a step back and look at the people you're surrounding yourself with, if you don't have people that would show up for you in the moment that you need it, what the hell's going on? And like, that's really hard to sit with because maybe you need to cut ties in that moment or kind of pivot away from those friend groups. But I promise you when you step through that uncomfortability, it's seriously beautiful and you're going to cry a lot and it's going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Something a therapist told me once, she was like, okay, so how do you feel when you help someone out? And I was like, oh my God, it's the best feeling ever. I, I just, I love taking care of them. Like I love showing up with like their favorite food and a coffee and just sitting there and like holding that, like holding that space for them. And she was like, okay, so it feels really good, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking therapist trap right there. <laughs> and she's like, okay, then why are you robbing someone else of that joy? Oh, okay. Okay, Melody, I see you. <laughs> I hear you. And that's really stuck with me that in that moment, I could potentially be robbing someone of like the same passion and joy that they want to extend and help me with. Um, but another thing that has been insanely helpful And I think a big, big, big part of me has been missing community. And it's so funny. I kind of set this intention when I moved back to Canada because. So if you haven't listened to some of the other episodes, I went to grad school in the States. I'm here in Canada. I'm from Canada, but I went to school in um, Pittsburgh, just outside of Pittsburgh. And then I like left Australia. And it's always I've always found community outside of my home, outside of Canada. I've just found these communities like where I belonged where people understood me because we're very similar and I've been craving that. And I've been really, really missing that here back home because when you travel and you leave and you move, you turn and you shape, you change, you see the world differently. It's, it's not a bad thing, but you come back and people expect you to be the old version of you and it can be really uncomfortable. And, and then you see like what you can have and what feels good and maybe you've outgrown some things maybe yeah and so it's like really hard coming back but so I've been craving this sense of community in some kind of way and I've just been setting that intention for a few years now and 
it's so funny at a Christmas party I had here at my house, we got talking about hosting a women's circle at uh, the business I work at, where I rent an office at. And the partners of the women that were sitting around, they actually are in a men's group. And I was like, duh, I've actually done art therapy with these men. And like their men's circle has been so powerful. Why are we not starting a women's circle? So um, I stepped up and volunteered and was like, I would absolutely love to be the person of this. And in this space, I'm actually not a therapist. We have had very tough conversations um, and we show up and we've decided that we are a sisterhood. We are a community and I cannot tell you how powerful it's been and how healing with one another and having that support in that space. I tell you, you feel unstoppable. Like I literally feel unstoppable knowing that I have unconditional love, unconditional support. I have a safe space to show up and just be as is, as messy as hell. And I can fall back on that when I make mistakes in the real world or when I have wins and triumphs and successes, I can bring it back to the group and they want to listen. They want me to take up space and vice versa. Like we're learning from one another. And I think that has been the ultimate testament is and so healing. So if you have not done group therapy or been a part of like a circle before, like a healing circle, it is very uncomfortable. But I tell you, it is a whole other level, a whole other level of healing, my friend. Yeah, because you're showing up in community. And so I'm actually going to do my next episode on community and groups. So I won't talk too much about it, but all I can say is that this women's circle has pulled me from some very, very dark, dark places in my life. And it's not them doing the work. It's me challenging myself and showing up and taking calculated risks and being met with love, being met with encouragement. And in this space, it's really cool because we ask for what we need. And as women, it's really hard for us to ask what we need. So we're very explicit about what we need. Do we need a hug? Do we need affirmations? Do we actually need to be challenged? Are we feeling like we have a blind spot? Okay, I don't want to get too much into this because it's going to ruin my next episode. But <laughs> yeah, honestly, the women's circle has, I, I, I tell you, it has changed my life and has probably saved my life. And it has been huge in teaching me how to sit in grief and be safe in it and not run from it and not avoid it and not be afraid of it and just know that it is messy as hell and it's okay and that it's just constantly going to be met with love that I don't have to do it alone so there's something that actually was shared in Women's Circle that I want to share with all of you and it's been deeply deeply on my mind I actually have it taped up like where I spend my morning in meditation and it's kind of become a part of like my ritual now is I finish my meditation and then I read this and it ties into grief and it ties into like these different levels of grief so when we're grieving ourselves and moving into these 
different versions, more healed versions of ourselves, or whatever you want to call it. For me, it's a more healed version of myself. Um, so I want to read this with you. And it's from the book. One second, let me grab the name of it. The Mountain is You. Your old self can no longer sustain the life you are trying to lead. It is time for reinvention and rebirth. You must release your old self into the fire of your vision and be willing to think in a way you have never even tried before. You must mourn the loss of your younger self, the person who is no longer equipped to carry you onward. You must envision and become one with your future self, the hero of your life that is going to lead you from here. The task in front of you is silent, simple, monumental. It is a feat most do not ever get to the point of attempting. You must now learn agility, resilience, and self-understanding. You must change completely, never to be the same again. Boom. Honestly, this has been on my mind so much. And I think repeating it every single day, again, just has created another layer of safety within myself that it's okay. It's okay. Because what happens when we grieve, I think I said this in my um, grief episode is one loss is all losses. And so that's not just physical losses, but emotional losses, spiritual losses. And so when we lose someone that we absolutely love, it's connected to all these other losses. And it's wild. It is wild. The stuff that is coming to the surface now that my grandfather is out of the picture in the physical world. It is just creating space for all of this hurt and sadness and shame and relationships. I didn't, wasn't able to see clearly until he was gone. And it's so interesting. Like I had no idea how instrumental, like I, he, we've always had a very, very, very close bond, but now that he's gone and I'm at 32 years old, it just, it feels so different. And I'm just starting to see other relationships very clearly. And it's bringing up a lot of pain and a lot of sadness and a lot of anger. And the very, very cool thing that came up in Women's Circle on Tuesday was this idea of sacred rage. And a really dear friend of mine talked about sacred rage. And I've been kind of leaning into that. And because he was here in the physical world, I never had an opportunity to tap into that sacred rage. And now that my grandfather is gone, this sacred rage that's been stuck in my body is surfacing. And I've been able to express that. And it just feels so powerful to be fucking angry and not not in a harmful way not in a malicious way but just that's it sacred rage because as women we are suppressed we're not allowed to be angry there's this stupid messed up societal norm that we are not allowed to be angry and so when I was sitting in this space and I was just fucking angry angry through my body and it being met with love it just felt deeply healing on a generational and ancestral level it didn't feel like it was just my sacred rage it felt like it was 
my mom's, my grandmother's, my great-grandmother's, my great-great-grandmother's, and so on. And then another another woman stepped forward, and she talked about her fucking sacred rage. And just sitting in that anger. And again, I keep saying this, but being met with safety and love has been so healing. And it's just honoring all of the emotions that are coming up. And I think this is something that I've never, ever, ever experienced in my entire life is sitting with all of the emotions, sitting in them that surface with grief. Oh, if you could have like a little camera to see how I've dealt with grief in the past. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's not fun. Um, So I've been very proud of myself. And again, I cannot extend enough gratitude and enough thanks to all of all of the listeners and all of the sincere kind words and the thoughts and yeah they have been felt they have been met with love again and I'm just so grateful and I had to share that with all of you over my morning coffee Um, but we'll be back next week with my latest episode containers and community and it's gonna kind of spark and jump off of this and then I have a very special special surprise for the last episode of the season so until then bye Art Therapy Is podcast is a project for art therapy advocacy and a very special thanks to Catherine from Cutout Collage had it not been for her this show wouldn't even exist Theme music was mixed and written by Nathan Fowl. And this podcast was written and recorded on traditional territories and nations. I offer my deepest gratitude to the ancestors and those who make their homes in Treaty 7 region. For show notes, pictures, videos, and all the other kinds of content, you can either visit us on Instagram at arttherapy.is or bellyeyeartherapy.com backslash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Art therapy is making art because I like to.